0: Daily with Jason Mertidis. All right, here we go. Brand new Flyers Daily for the 25th of March. Flyers back in action today. One o'clock game at Wells Fargo Center. Today it's the Detroit Red Wings, kind of a fitting opponent today for a number of reasons. Now, first and foremost, let's get to what was the big news yesterday, and that is that former Red Wing, Steve Coates, yes, Coates, he played five games for the Red Wings. Uh, back in the seventy-six, seventy-seven season, and Coetzee has announced that he will be retiring from the Flyers organization, where he has spent over 40 years as a radio and television analyst. He's done TV, he kind of started the behind, Between the Benches uh, thing in the NHL, and has been around for a very long time, and you always know when Coetzee is around. I've always said he is one of the hardest people to golf with. Why? Because it's too fun, and you can't take you can't stand over any putt seriously uh, when he's there, cracking jokes and having a great time. And in my time working in the Flyers organization and doing radio, uh, games on radio for so long, he has been an absolute blast to work with, get to know, have meals with, and he will be missed. Forty-three years to the Flyers organization. And uh, been, He's going to stay on, do some alumni events and some other team uh, duties, but uh, the day-to-day and the uh, play-by-play and uh, analyst duties that he has taken on for so many years. Uh, this will be it for Steve Coach. There will be a ceremony coming up, uh, befittingly enough, on April Fool's Day. Uh, he'd laugh at, at me saying that, but uh, he is going to be missed, and he has been just so much fun to work with. He is a guy that I only hope— that I love the game as much as he does. I love hockey. I've made it a huge part of my life. Coates made it so much a part of his life. Why? Because he loves the game. I, I love the game, but I think it pales in comparison to the the, the meaning the game has on him. So, Coates, Congratulations. Enjoy this next phase. Hit them straight. We'll still be seeing you around the rink, but know that you will be sorely missed. And your love for the game and for the Philadelphia Flyers is something that cut through, uh, through all of those years. So um, my congratulations to Steve Coates on a career well spent doing something you love. So congrats on that as well. Flyers in Detroit today. It's an afternoon game, 1 o'clock. It's game six of this seven-game homestand. Flyers are playing some pretty darn good hockey right now. And some players are playing some very good hockey right now. Like, like I'm excited. You're hearing this on Saturday morning. I'm taping this on Friday night. But I'm excited to see more of Tyson Forster. I'm excited to see more of Owen Tippett. And now Joel Farabee, who's got goals in four straight, Morgan Frost, and these young players. Like, I'm getting a level of excitement that I wasn't sure if I was ever going to dip into this season. But of late seeing how some of these young players are playing, it's getting me excited about the future. Now, the future doesn't mean next year. The future is an overarching time. I don't know when this team will be a playoff team again. I don't know what's going to happen this offseason. I don't know what the NHL draft lottery is going to provide for the Flyers. I don't know what the player they're going to draft and how fast he's ticketed for the NHL. It looks like Cutter Gauthier, according to Elliot Freedman from Sportsnet and Hockey Night in Canada and 32 Thoughts, uh, is reporting that it looks like Cutter Gauthier is going to go back to Boston College. Which, But if you listen to this podcast, you know I'm all in favor of that another year of collegiate hockey to get ready. These players need to be developed properly and not microwaved. Sometimes when you want things to improve quickly, patience is a real problem. Waiting it out is the hard part. As Tom Petty once sang, the waiting is the hardest part. And waiting to see Cutter Gauthier in the NHL Yeah, it'd be fun to see him next year, but is that that what is best for the player and the organization long-term? I'm a firm believer that I'd rather have a guy overcook than bring him up undercooked. And I'm not a believer in microwave when it comes to microwaving players and their development. I've always said, you can take good food, microwave it, and turn it into bad food. So don't do that slow-cook it, take the proper time for it to develop the right way. And that's probably what we're going to see with with a guy like Cutter Gauthier. But eventually it's, you know, Cutter Gauthier and Tyson Forster, what they are able to grab in this year's draft, whether that's all the way at to the top at Conor Bedard or two in Fantilli or Carlson or Will Smith at five, we don't know. But I am genuinely beginning to get the – very early stages of some players that I'm pretty excited about. I always felt all along this year that what was going on with Joel Faraby this year was an anomaly because he had a surgery in late in late June. I feel like a lot of us had a really good beat on what Faraby was when he scored 20 goals in 55 games in that 56-game shortened season. A guy that this head coach will like because he's got a lot of grime to his game combined with some really good skill and hockey IQ. See him killing penalties now. Like, to me, that's when I know Joel Farraby is getting his game back. Now, it's not good. This is the end of this season when the games don't mean much. He's got to come back next year, have a great offseason, and perform from the jump. I think he'll do that. I have a lot of confidence in a player like Joel Faraby because I feel like we saw what he's all about, and I don't think the contract he signed went to his head and ruined him. So I feel good about that. I feel really good about Tyson Forster and Owen Tippett, who I think for the first time is realizing, hey, I'm a pretty damn good NHL player. And now he's trying things on the ice and being more creative and becoming a power forward, still while using that shot, using those legs, which are such an asset to Owen Tippett. We've seen the creativity of Morgan Frost. So we're seeing some things come together. It's got a long way to go, a lot of work to be done, but I think we're maybe starting to see things point in the right direction, and we hope that Danny Briere's got a ton of good luck that follows him around in the draft lottery or in the draft process and trades and all of those things. You know, some sometimes an organization gets beset by injuries and bad luck, and some of it is. Things you can control, but some of it's things you can't control. And you need that in sport. You need to have a little luck. You need to have things go your way. You need to have it so that a year when you're bad is a year when you can get something that will really help you long-term in the draft. Being bad in a a year where there's no fix for you, nothing to help you, that's a wasted bad year. There's going to be good players available in this draft. So we'll see where it all goes. Um, let's get to the Flyers head coach, though. He was in a very talkative mood, John Tortorelli, yesterday. And I think they did the right thing. They started off asking him about Coetzee, and that got, him, that got him going. But he talks about a lot of different elements in this media availability. When Torch is in this kind of mood, boy, does he pull back the curtain and let you in on a lot of nuance and the things that he's thinking along with his coaching staff and organizationally. So enjoy. Here is John Tortorella yesterday meeting with the media after practice.
1: Despite only being
2: here one season, what has Coatsy come to mean
1: to you? Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Those are words I can't speak here, or that would be a major fine. Um, I met Coatsy, I remember the first time I met it, through Craig Ramsey, who was my assistant in Tampa Bay back in 2004 back in those years and um, I mean what can you say about that guy? Uh, he's, th- that's th- those are the great things about our game is when it's all said and done the relationships you make and that's a true one there. That That's just a good man uh, that has given everything to this organization and um, with with the personality that he brings, it's just uh, it's just fun to be around him. So it's a hard one. I just read the the release. I knew it was coming. I just read the release, and you you just think of back, back in those days and all the things you go through with him. Um, it's it's I'm happy for him, but it's sad. I think it's sad for the game, and because. Uh, th- that's what's great about our game are all those different type personalities and he is at the top of the list with that. Um, so I, it, I'm i happy for him. I, he gets to live another part of his life and I don't think he'll be too far away from here. I, I think we'll, we'll feel him no matter what, uh, no matter where he's at. He, his presence will be felt here.
2: John, you obviously don't get to listen to him during Flyers games but obviously he has so many great calls does,
1: does some of them ever I can play? imagine I, I I I don't and I haven't and now I won't uh but I can I can just imagine you know, because those calls are that type of uh his thinking that's in his, in everyday conversation and uh yeah so that's a you know what it, you you think about the hockey part of it but that's just a quality guy that's what we're going to lose here and uh I think that's the highest compliment you can make on a person is just what type of person he is. And he's one of the best.
2: I'm assuming he's regaled you with lots of his classic hockey stories. I guess you have a, a yeah, personal
1: favorite. Well, Joe and I Joe and I would just talk, and I didn't know this one about his, he had a breakaway on I think one of his first games and he, he, he got nicked up or something and he threw it in the corner. And now that's right up his alley. And and, and there's the definition of Coatsy right there. And um, yeah, so uh, I don't, and I, we used to come in here and used to go out to, uh, what was the restaurant? Oh, I forget the name of the restaurant, a uh, nice Italian place, and uh, meet Coatsy, Bobby the Chief Taylor, who was with us in Tampa. Uh, I, I got to know him through those guys. And, uh, yeah, so terrific man, terrific man. I, I think they're I think they're a little bewildered at times uh as far as when they leave the conversation uh but I think it's a it's a true respect uh as far as the you know we we, we talk about that logo the flyer logo and all that you know what does that guy think you know what what is he he he's that's embedded uh with him so um yeah I, I and I just read it before I came up here and I, I just, you wonder what, what he's thinking. I, that's how I feel, I, you wonder what he's thinking. And uh, I know we're gonna get together with him on the road here and have a little celebration with him. But when, when he goes home, that, that's the sad part for me, is I wonder what he's thinking about that now that he's gonna leave.
2: I guess uh, changing gears, yep. I'm going to, uh, to the hockey side. Um, obviously, you guys got the win yesterday. You won in the shootout. Um, you made the decision, I believe it was in December, to, uh, to switch to the two defensemen, one forward style in overtime. Is that something that you've ever considered switching back from? Or are you happy with the results over the last few months of going with that strategy? Well, it really
1: hasn't worked. You know, we still haven't found a way. I, I mean, uh, I'm not locked into that. I I just think when you're, um, I just didn't feel comfortable having three rotations of forwards, two of them on the ice together. I, I, I I just didn't think we were deep enough at times to do that with two forwards. Using six, maybe seven forwards, I I don't think we were uh, certainly weren't successful anyway. No matter what I was doing. Uh, with that, with the two forwards, and we just wanted to change it up. And, and I think at first, I, I think it helped us. Uh, I, I feel more comfortable with it right now still with this team. Now, if things change and personnel changes and stuff like that, it's it's certainly, uh, certainly not locked into it. Uh, adding Yorkie, I think it gives us a different dimension where we can use more D. Uh, Sandy's, you know, when Sandy starts playing, I, I think more consistently, that's going to help us. Uh, it depends. I, 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 I just wanted to change because it was just so miserable that we were we were losing all the time. Uh, I wanted to change. I liked it at first. I think it's been inconsistent. Uh, found a way last night. And J- James scores the last two shootouts. James scores. I wasn't even going to use him in the one before and. Uh, I kind of pulled the bench as I do, and and he he felt really comfortable. Scores scores again last night, so we, it, that's we'll see where it goes.
2: John, the uh, the Phantom's play tomorrow. Do you anticipate Tyson Forrester and Zumola still being here with you guys tomorrow, or
1: tomorrow they'll they'll be playing with us tomorrow. Okay. Yeah, and more than likely after that, uh, I I we we gotta after that game because then they play Sunday and. Uh, after that game, Danny and I have to talk, and uh, I'm not sure where it goes. It, it, they're certainly not. Li- li- they're certainly they're going to go down eventually. They they need to. That's how important we feel that Lehigh situation is. Uh, we'll talk after mar- tomorrow. Uh, got a couple of guys with Nick nicked up, and a couple of the guys banged up a little bit. We got to see where it is after the game tomorrow night. Yeah. Or tomorrow any, afternoon.
2: Any they say on Nick? Is it looking serious? No,
1: I I think it's day to day. Yeah, Uh, but I don't don't think it's serious. It just kind of came up. So we'll uh, um, we'll see how it goes each and every day.
2: Earlier this season, you talked about wanting to see a little bit more consistency for Morgan Frost in his game. Where are you at with him right now?
1: Same spot. Yeah, I I, I think he's made some plays. He makes a great back check last night. uh, they have a two-on-one, and he dives and makes a great play. I think it was on Gaudreau. Um, little by little, I think he. Um, I want to put it. I, I I still think it's it's uh, it's it's the same area for me. I I don't think he's played poorly. I just want to keep. I want to see him take another step. I, I've told you guys. I. I I didn't know what he was two years ago, but judging from what everybody's told me, it's night and day what he's doing right now from what he was two years ago. That makes me want to keep watching and see if he can, because he, he has improved. I think he's improved from the start of this year to now. Everybody's told me from the year before, it's, it's crazy how different it is. So uh, I'm, not, I'm, I don't have, I'm just going to keep on watching and see where we're at at the end of the year. of it to mm-hmm. begin with is that encouraging sure it is sure it is. and and i i i want to be fair with him i, I don't want to over uh overthink it either uh if if i can put it that way i i need to be fair to him i he, he drove me crazy early in the year uh it, with some of his habits and I, he's corrected those um, so i i need to be uh i just want more time i i you know, Lots is losing some ice time because I want him. I think I've, I think I've grounded Lots into the ground for how much I've played him this year. I want, I've been trying to shift more over to Frosty to give him more looks. Uh, uh, I, I, I just want to clear a picture as we play these next 10, 11 games. You, you
2: talked about with Frost that you want to see more consistency, and, and that's a completely fair thing for a coach to want to see. But at what point do you say to yourself, you know, yes, he might be inconsistent, mm-hmm. but despite that inconsistency, he's still a useful enough player yeah. to want to keep, even if he's never going to be as consistent as you want him to be.
1: Uh, and, that, and that's basically what I'm saying, being fair to him. I, I, I don't want to grind him and turn him into a perfect player and say, yeah, this is the guy we need here, or we want here. Uh, I need to be fair because there are a lot of players that I'm really interested in being here are inconsistent also. That's what I got to watch myself at. And um, I, I just, I just, ex- I expect a lot out of him. I, I, I just, I, my expectations are high as far as skill with him. And I just want to see that more consistently, but also being fair. Yeah, it, 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 have a coach having a utility guy like Lots, both wings, center, iceman, uh, key face offs, penalty killer, played him on the power play this year. It's, it's scored some power play goals. Uh, for for a team, for really any team, no matter if you're a really good team or a team trying to go through the process as we are, to have utility in your lineup is so important, especially in an 82 game s- season when there's injuries. Uh, so. He, he, he's had a really good year. I have grounded him in, I, I have, I've grinded him into the ground, the amount of ice time I've given him. Uh, we've had that conversation as coaches all year long about him, uh, well not all year, the past couple months, him and TK. TK gets hurt, so he gets rested. Uh, lots hasn't, lots has been put in a lot of those situations. And so right now it gives me an opportunity. I think he's had some struggles in his game. I, I think he's tired and with me, Kind of relaying it over to the kids and trying to get them as much ice time as possible here at the end, it, it's knocked his ice time down. That'll probably stay like that for a little bit until we decide on some of the kids or they go down or what. Uh, but Lots has been a very important glue guy for us to try to keep us above water here as we've gone through the season.
2: John, this is maybe a tougher question, so I want to make sure I articulate it correctly. But you've said on multiple occasions this year about, you know, we've made our bed in terms of, you know, fans being frustrated in terms of the crowds and whatnot, and we need to convince them we need to pull ourselves out of it.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Some fans look at this run recently and they say, you know, we're rebuilding and now you're just messing up our lottery position by winning games. I guess stop does that it. frustrate you at all to
1: hear y- that? Y- yes, and, and I, I, on my radio show the other day, I, you can believe the mail I get. <laughs> just, just stop sending me mail about tanking. There's, there's no such thing with professional athletes tanking. They would not be able to live with themselves if they went home and did something to try to disturb an outcome of a game. Uh, it, 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 is, it is asinine to, uh, to, to don't, just don't bring up that subject. It, it, it's wrong. Uh, am, am I answering your question? Yeah. And there are hockey gods, too. They're there. And uh, you, you, you go about your business the right way each and every day. You look yourself in the mirror and you say, did I give everything? And you live with the circumstance. And eventually, if you do it the right way, you're gonna come out on the right side of it. And um, yeah, I, you would not believe my mail. It's, it's crazy. And, and I appreciate the, the want you know, of winning and getting back to where we wanna be. You don't do it by tanking. You do it the way we're going to do it here and not blowing everything up, finding. Uh, I, I wish people could look at maybe this kid Tyson Forster. say, man, there's a, there's a piece right there maybe that fits next year. Look at it that way where we're trying to find things to build. And then you backfill. I've said it all you, you don't go for the big one, you go for the backfilling. And that, that's to me how you build in Philly here. Um, yeah, so i i I I could talk on that all day long and it would it it, it it's asinine. It, it, athletes don't tank. Coaches are not going to tank. Uh they'd have they'd have mental problems living with themselves if they ever went about their business that way.
2: John, speaking on Forrester, best shot in the third period, is that the best shot you've seen from one of your players
1: this year? Yeah, he had a he had one I get all the games they run into one another for me I think it was earlier in the game on the power play he ripped one that went wide um, uh, yeah that you know that that was a crazy situation there because I- I- am I gonna challenge you know when they score am I going to challenge I got six plus minutes I'm looking at the clock do we take a chance and then, thank God I didn't because I didn't even understand I would have blown it if I challenged it because I was looking at a wrong situation anyway it's not so much the crossbar it's it's well we don't need to talk about that but i got two great video coaches that because i was going i was thinking about challenging and they were barking don't and then we end up scoring right after without the challenge and uh yeah the kid the kid is uh he's got some he's just got some personality with the puck and some really great swagger with the puck and uh, another really big play for him. And uh, that's why I put him, I put him, I lead him up there on the shootout. I want to see what he can do right away there. And I listened to him mumble himself. I'm not going to say it to you guys on what happened. And it was, he's a very astute young man as far as the game's concerned. No, no,
0: no,
2: Kate's picked up just his third minor penalty of the season last night. How much does that kind of speak to just his
1: Yeah, yeah. He's an intelligent guy. He he, in our game today in today's game. It's a lot of stick fouls Uh, He knows where his sticks supposed to be and it's a big part of coaching for us and teaching players stick on puck Uh, Katsy just has an innate ability to understand all of that Uh, Haven't really done too much teaching with him. I think he teaches the guys just by example Uh, Yeah, so he it's not only a stick position; it's body position. Where play, he's not chasing plays. Players are coming through him. That keeps you out of the penalty box. Uh, so yeah, he, you know, I, you know, how much I feel about how I feel about him. He's just had a really, uh, a really good year, and is such an intelligent young player. That's going to be. Uh, I, I think if we slot him right, if we get to where we want to be eventually here, maybe in a couple of years, and we slot him right, I think he's going to have a really big role with this club.
2: With all the young guys that you have, and kind of going back to what you mentioned about Lon wanting to limit his ice time a little bit because you kind of burned him, how much does it help when you are getting these encouraging signs, you know, from Tyson, from the, from all those guys that kind of allows you to limit Lon's ice time to give these guys more ice and, and
1: that's what it is right now, especially with Tyson being brought up. And I, I think I played him 17, 18 minutes of the game. It it allows me to uh, to put lots in different situations, and uh, I've kind of concentrated with lots. Uh, when he's not getting a regular shift, when I've been going with 7D, um, in certain situations, penalty killing, a, a face off here and there, uh, end of a period when we're trying to protect a lead or whatever it may be, it allows me to do that. And uh, I think the emergence of Faraby playing better too has given me a chance to, uh, to put uh, Joel play 21 minutes last night. And uh, it, it gives me a chance to. Uh, to cut down on lots of time now he's not happy about it i mean you know lots he wants to play but i think he understands uh i'm, I'm just trying to give the the younger guys and look at other people in different situations as much as i can and really uh, i don't want to call it just it, 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 we always say it doesn't mean it does mean stuff for me in evaluating when we're not playing for points uh, so I'm going to continue going about it that way as long as some people are playing because we still want to win the hockey game too. Push comes to shove.
2: John, real quick, one, one more question um, regarding Tanner Lozinski, We talked to you about him earlier in the mm-hmm. week. Obviously, when Nick wasn't able to play, you put Kiefer in. What is your plan for for Tanner? Is the expectation to get him back in, or you want to sit him for a while?
1: Yeah, I I don't know. I, I'm I, you know, I, I know he's had an injury. I know he's had a couple of injuries. I, I just have not. Um, I, I think Kiefer deserves to be in prior to him, in this in that type of situation when, when Nick went down. I, I think Tana has to earn his way. I don't think he's done that. Um, I know that I know a number of people in the organization feel differently about what they think he can be. I have not seen it, and uh, that's as fair as I can be. And um, I'm not sure what happens as far as the rest of this year.
0: John Tortorella addressing the media yesterday. And like I said before, we aired that. When he's in that kind of mood, I could listen to him all day. You get a ton of great information. And I love when he peels back that curtain and lets you in to what he's thinking. Organizationally, the team's thinking, how he's handling players, seeing what he's seeing and why. I think it's really interesting. So hope you enjoyed that as well. Flyers Detroit today. We'll break that game down tomorrow on a brand new episode of Flyers Daily. Enjoy your Saturday, everybody. When they breathe upon a broken guitar And all the streets, the rick tropical charms The embassies, lying hideous shots Where tourists
1: know in the When they dance in a reptile blaze You wear a mask, an equatorial hair